847 is 366 and 7. Hello and welcome to A Score to Settle, a podcast about movie and TV music. I'm your host, Brian McVicker. Each episode, I focus on music composed for film and television, whether through analyzing a specific score, taking a deep dive into a particular composer's work, or by way of interviews with guests, both those in the industry and also fellow fans. This episode features another installment of my relatively new topic called Now Playing, which is more along the lines of a segment focused on what I'm currently listening to. Um, I had decided on this uh, earlier this year since my focus on this podcast is often on the past, and other than my interview episodes, I often don't present examples of current film or TV scores uh, or new releases of classic scores. Uh, So my plan has been with this uh, to feature, usually try to feature a current title, then either a new recording of a classic score or a new release of uh, classic score original tracks, um, and possibly just whatever I've been listening to as of late. first new album release that I'd like to feature is a new recording of some great film music by one of the most popular current composers. It's called The World of Hans Zimmer, A Symphonic Celebration. This is a new two-CD set of a live concert performance recorded in October of 2018 at the Hollywood and Vienna Festival. Uh, It was an event honoring the work of Zimmer and presenting him with the Max Steiner Film Music Achievement Award. Uh, the Hollywood and Vienna festivals occurred for the last few years. Um, and this album represents that, that particular celebration of Zimmer's music from two concerts with new orchestral suites and theme presentations of his scores uh, arranged by Zimmer himself and uh, his team, all performed by the uh, Orff Radio Symphony Orchestra of Vienna, conducted by Martin Gellner. Now, the concert also included many notable guest soloists, such as the famous vocalist Lisa Gerard from the band Dead Can Dance, and also uh, Zimmer's scores for Gladiator and Mission Impossible 2, plus Rusanda Panfili on violin, and others on guitar, cymbalom, bass, and special exotic percussion. Right now, we're actually listening to the first track on that two-CD set, which is the suite from 2008's The Dark Knight, one of Zimmer's most popular and influential works. That was a portion of the Dark Knight Orchestral Suite, as performed by the Orff Radio Symphony Orchestra of Vienna, conducted by Martin Gellner. First track on this new album release that I'm talking about, which is a two-CD set of live concert performance recorded in October of 2018 in Vienna. 
So uh, this turns out to be a very generous and diverse program selection, um, showcasing many of Zimmer's most popular titles over the last two decades, from the blockbusters like the aforementioned uh, Dark Knight, also Pirates of the Caribbean and Inception, uh, but also the animated movies Kung Fu Panda, uh, Madagascar, and Spirit, uh, the comedy The Holiday, and the Silence of the Lambs sequel Hannibal. Um, but surprisingly, there aren't really any examples representing his earlier career, pre-2000, uh, except the Lion King uh, suite, which was from 1994. Uh, for examples of more of those pre-2000 titles, there was another recent concert recording made uh, called Hans Zimmer Live in Prague. I think this album came out in 2017. And this reached further back in his catalog, including uh, his music from... Rain Man, True Romance, and Crimson Tide. But anyway, focusing on this symphonic celebration album release, I found the performances here uniformly excellent, and the suites themselves, uh, as I mentioned, newly arranged, are varied and entertaining. Um, this is not always the case with film music re-recordings uh, with, uh, with new performances, especially concerning Hans Zimmer and his unique scores, as they're recorded for the movies, uh, the way they're recorded for his movies, they can be difficult to reproduce in a live concert setting or even in just a, a regular recording studio. This is mainly due to the fact that Zimmer will often overdub the orchestra in his music, uh, layering in either additional synth sweeteners or uh, beefing up the brass or strings by doubling their tracks. Um, so that's why sometimes it it's proves difficult to reproduce that sound of Hans Zimmer's music in a, uh, in a just a, a regular recording studio or in a live concert. Uh, however, for this event, they really spared no expense with a large orchestra and choir, uh, plus the soloists and keyboardists, um, that in my opinion, they really helped this performance compare favorably to the original film recordings uh, that uh, fans of Zimmers are really familiar with. As an example, I want to play a part of the Pirates of the Caribbean suite uh, from this uh, concert recording. Uh, specifically the, uh, the second of two tracks. Uh, this is the uh, track called Drink Up Me Hardy's Yo-Ho. Um, and this is a fan favorite, the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, score. This is a score that I talked about on my Hans Zimmer episode from uh, last year, where it was a situation where Zimmer had composed the themes, the thematic material for the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but Klaus Bedelt actually composed the main score. Uh, and Zimmer then took over past that point for the sequels and was able to compose, uh, fully devote himself to composing the scores for the sequels for 2, 3, and 4, uh, whereas part 5 was Jeff Zanelli. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so here is part of the, uh, the second part of the suite on this album uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Drink Up Me Hearties.
One of the unexpected titles that are included in this program is music from Hans Zimmer's score from the 2002 animated film Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. I think that both the film and the score uh, don't really receive as much attention as other heavy hitters in his career. They t- it, I think it tends to be overlooked now. Uh, but the music is an absolute winner uh, with a really buoyant energy uh, that compares to um, classic Western movie scores of decades past. Uh, for anyone unfamiliar with Hans Zimmer's score for Spirit, here is a portion of the uh, orchestral suite featured on this album. Uh, so again, this is the orchestral suite from Spirit, Stein of the Cimarron. That was part of the energetic orchestral suite from the movie Spirit on disc two of this World of Hans Zimmer, a symphonic celebration CD set, as performed by the ORF, the ORF, Radio Symphony Orchestra Vienna, conducted by Martin Gellner. Now, the lengthiest suites on this album are from 2006's The Da Vinci Code and Gladiator from 2000, um, which are about 20 minutes and 15 minutes, respectively. Uh, and which are both extensive, impressively performed uh, suites and include really excellent highlights from each score. Um, for example, uh, there are the these beautiful solo, vocal, and quasi-liturgical choral parts of Zimmer's Da Vinci Code score, um, uh, which are heard here in, a, in part one of a four-part suite uh, of the Da Vinci Code orchestral suite. And this features soprano soloist Valentina Nafornita. So again, this is part one of the Da Vinci Code orchestral suite from this album, The World of Hans Zimmer.
That was part one of the Da Vinci Code Orchestral Suite, a wonderful 20-minute suite that closes out disc one of this set. Now, as a side note, in case you're curious, there are really only a few occasions of audience noise heard here on the album. Just some applause uh, in various tracks, such as the end of the uh, part of the Mission Impossible 2 orchestral suite. But otherwise, the album producers did a really good job of keeping the music tracks uh, pretty clear, which I really appreciate, actually. So, as soon as I saw that Lisa Gerard would be joining the band on stage, I knew that music from Gladiator and Mission Impossible 2 would both be featured, as her haunting vocals are an integral part of both of those original scores uh, from 2000. For the 15-minute suite from Gladiator performed here, uh, she is spotlighted throughout, um, but I was also impressed that they included the opening battle music uh, from the film in this new arrangement. Um, that opening battle music, it's a cue which is an absolutely booming and raucous piece of action music, uh, in Walt's time, by the way, and it's inspired by the concert work The Planets by Gustav Holtz, specifically the Mars, uh, the opening Mars section of that uh, concert work. Um, but uh, it's just something that I didn't expect. I uh, assumed they would concentrate more on the uh, flowing melodic sections that uh, featured Lisa Gerard and a few other uh, portions of the music from the film, but the, uh, it was kind of a nice surprise that they included this opening battle music. So here's part of the battle from the Gladiator Suite, although it's mistakenly titled Elysium on the album. Uh, I'm not really sure why. Uh, now, for fans of this score, um, note how close the performance is to what's heard in the film recording. So again, this is a portion of the battle from the Gladiator Suite. That was a thunderous section of the battle from the Gladiator Suite, a superb new performance. Oddly mislabeled here is Elysium on this particular concert album, but certainly a highlight nonetheless. It's one of my favorite parts of that uh, score by Zimmer. Now, in terms of Lisa Gerard's vocal contribution uh, to music from Gladiator, as I noted, it's threaded throughout uh, here, throughout the suite, but it is best featured in part three 
um, called Now We Are Free, which for anyone who's familiar with the movie or the original album, it's essentially the end credits music from the film. Um, and so this is uh, a great way to feature Lisa Gerard's very unique uh, vocal stylings. Um, so again, she is backed by uh, the Orff Radio Symphony Orchestra Vienna, conducted by Martin Gellner. Uh, this is Now We Are Free, part three of the Gladiator Suite from this album. So there are a lot more great tracks on this two-CD set. Uh, the World of Hans Zimmer, a symphonic celebration from Sony Classical, a recording uh, made in Vienna in October of 2018. Personally, I was consistently impressed by the performances from end to end, uh, whether it was the orchestra and choir or the soloists. There's a lot of energy and passion that's evident here, and it seems like everyone was just having a boatload of fun during the concert. I would recommend that both casual and fervent fans of Hans Zimmer check out this album, even if you already have the original albums from Zimmer. Um, it's a fine collection of some of his best work from uh, recent years, um, with a few curveballs tossed in, like I said, um, such as, just to close out here, uh, the track Best Friends from 2005's Madagascar, which I actually was unfamiliar with. I knew that Zimmer had scored this film, but I had never really heard the score or even seen the movie. Um, but this piece opens up disc two of the set. So this is Best Friends from Madagascar. The second new album release that's been getting a lot of listens from me in recent weeks is from the label La La Land Records, uh, featuring TV music from the 1970s, 
that's never been released before on disc. It's a two-CD set called the Quinn Martin Collection, Volume 1, Cop and Detective Series. So, if you were a television viewer uh, in the United States during the 1970s, chances are pretty good that you would have seen a show that opened proudly with the announcement that it was a Quinn Martin production, or a QM production. This included shows such as Barnaby Jones, Cannon, The Streets of San Francisco, uh, and The Fugitive, mostly all in the action-oriented genres of police and detective stories. So Quinn Martin was a legendary television producer for years, although he had previously worked as both a sound and film editor. Now, according to those who worked with him, uh, and this is also mentioned in the album Liner Notes by journalist and author John Burlingame, Quinn Martin had a very great appreciation of what music can do for a show. He made sure to hire the best and most talented composers available, including legends such as Jerry Goldsmith, Lalo Schifrin, and Dave Grusin, all whom are featured on this two-CD set. The music on this new release represents shows both long and short-lived, and the style tends towards what was popular at the time in the early to mid-70s, which would be a jazzy, brassy, and often swinging sound, uh, which was carrying forward from the jazz sounds in the 1950s and 60s that kind of became the musical shorthand for crime dramas. There are really catchy title tunes and episode scores included on the set, starting with two uh, from the long-running series Barnaby Jones, starring Buddy Ebsen, formerly of the Beverly Hillbillies, as a private eye returning to the job after being retired. Jerry Goldsmith provided the theme and the score for the pilot episode, called Requiem for a Son. And in true Jerry Goldsmith fashion, his really memorable main theme uh, is the backbone of the episode score. Uh, So each cue in the episode score is built from components of that main theme. Uh, So here is Jerry Goldsmith's main title for Barnaby Jones. So that was the main title for the television series Barnaby Jones, composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Now, Jerry Goldsmith had started his long career um, in the industry scoring television shows such as The Twilight Zone and The Man from U.N.C.L.E., and even on through his film work um, as it continued to increase uh, in subsequent years, he still made time for TV shows here and there, usually the theme and maybe the pilot score, um, such as Room 222, and there's a few others. Now, in the early 1970s, Jerry Goldsmith started accepting more assignments for both made-for-TV movies and episodic series. So it's great that we have um, his genius gracing shows that are often now forgotten. Uh, So now that you've got that Barnaby Jones title tune stuck in your head, can be kind of an earworm, here is a cue from the pilot episode uh, in which you can hear Jerry Goldsmith provide these really wonderful variations in sort of a determined manner, uh, backed by drum kit and uh, guitar. So this is a cue uh, from that uh, episode pilot for Barnaby Jones. It's a cue called The Meeting Place.
That was a cue called The Meeting Place from the uh, episode pilot score for Barnaby Jones uh, called Requiem for a Son, as composed by Jerry Goldsmith. So the second episode score on this set from that uh, TV series, Barnaby Jones, is composed by Bruce Broughton, um, who at that point was very early in his career, but exhibited um, marvelous promise. And of course, uh, Broughton went on to compose a number of TV and film scores. Uh, However, I'd like to play some tracks from the next selection on the album for a different TV series. Um, I'm going to play some tracks from Dave Grusin's music for the Burt Reynolds TV show Dan August, uh, in which Burt Reynolds plays a police detective. Uh, This is a show that I actually wasn't that familiar with until I was reading the liner notes on this uh, CD set. Uh, now, Dave Grusin, just for some background, he has had a prolific career in the worlds of TV and film scoring, plus jazz and pop records. Um, he's winning awards and critical raves in all of these arenas. From the movie music angle, uh, some of his most well-known scores include The Goonies, On Golden Pawn, The Firm, and Tootsie. Uh, plus, he won the Academy Award in 1989 for Best Original Score for the Milagro Beanfield War. Uh, and as for on television, uh, Dave Grusin contributed music to Good Times, Beretta, The Wild Wild West, uh, Columbo, um, The Girl from Uncle, which was kind of a spinoff from The Man from Uncle. So he's had an amazingly varied resume uh, and career over all the years. With the Quinn Martin TV series uh, represented on this set, um, the main theme uh, of, of his for Dan August is a real up-tempo toe-tapper. Um, but it also starts with this really odd sound of an instrument called the buzz kalimba, uh, which apparently is an African instrument. So here is Dave Grusin's main title for the TV show Dan August. And this is again from that uh, CD set, the Quinn Martin Collection. That was Dave Grusin's main title theme from the TV show Dan August. Uh, now, Grusin composed uh, three episode scores for this television series, two of which are represented on the CD set. Uh, the episodes The King is Dead and then another episode called When the Shouting Dies. It's kind of a portentous title there. Um, but the television series Dan August uh, incidentally only ran for one season. Um, but the the two episode scores that are represented on this set by Dave Grusin are both brimming with catchy hooks and brassy licks. Um, for example, there is this cue called Stage Weight and Grand Chase uh, from the episode The King is Dead. So again, this is music from the TV series Dan August, uh, composed by Dave Grusin.
That was the Q Stage Weight and Grand Chase uh, from Dave Grusin's episode score, The King is Dead, from the TV show Dan August, included on this new two-CD set from La La Land called the Quinn Martin Collection Volume 1. Another fun cue uh, by Dave Grusin uh, is from that second episode included here, uh, the episode When the Shouting Dies. Um, this cue is called Apartment and Three Point Landing, and it has a really super head-bopping drum and bass line. Uh, so again, this is a bit more music by Dave Grusin uh, from that TV show Dan August. Moving on to other great selections on this CD set, there is also uh, Lalo Schifrin's theme and episode score from the series called Most Wanted, which ran one season from 1976 to 77 and starred Robert Stack as a federal agent. Now, Lalo Schifrin's music here is cut from the same funk and R&B cloth as his other 1970s projects, uh, such as Dirty Harry and Enter the Dragon. So if you're a fan of either of those scores of Schifrin's, I think you'd find a lot to like here um, in his music for Most Wanted. Just for some background, uh, Lalo Schifrin was born in Buenos Aires and uh, had a really successful early career in jazz as a pianist and arranger even writing music for Dizzy Gillespie um, in the late 50s. Uh, now, Schifrin moved into TV and film scoring in the 1960s, um, becoming a household name and sound, really, through his theme for the Mission Impossible TV series, which, as everyone knows, is still heard today in the long-running film franchise. So here is Lalo Schifrin's main title theme for the TV series Most Wanted. That was the main title for the TV series Most Wanted, composed by Lalo Schifrin, a track which opens the second disc of this two-CD set. So continuing on to the last TV series represented here with both theme and episode scores is Canon, a detective show starring William Conrad, uh, which ran for five seasons from 1971 to 1976 on ABC. Uh, William Conrad actually had done a lot of voiceover narration prior to this TV series, uh, including uh, narrating the beloved animated Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Uh, then he found greater popularity during his stint as Detective Frank Cannon on TV. 
Now, there are two episode scores from canon included here on this Quinn Martin set. The pilot and the uh, score for the episode The Salinas Jackpot, both with music composed by John Parker. Uh, John Parker also wrote the title tune for canon. Prior to this TV series, Parker had worked steadily in the industry uh, as a composer for years, providing music for other television shows such as Gunsmoke, then came Bronson and The Streets of San Francisco. Now for Cannon, his title theme opens with a really bright trumpet clarion call uh, before uh, quickly switching to a peppy backbeat uh, with the uh, melody on horns. Uh, so here is John Parker's main title for the TV show Cannon from 1971. was the main theme for the television show Canon, composed by John Parker. Uh, now, Parker makes great use of that theme of his throughout his episode scores, um, continuing that swing tempo from the main theme, focusing on the brass and these uh, indelible hooks. Uh, funny enough, you'll also hear the tuba spotlighted at times, which might be surprising, but this was Parker sort of slyly commenting on the uh, let's say, rather portly shape of star William Conrad, much to the annoyance of Conrad himself. There's a story in the liner notes from John Burlingame where uh, apparently William Conrad was not happy that the uh, tuba was featured in the music, um, and uh, but Parker apparently continued to use it, which is hilarious. Um, but here's a cue uh, from John Parker's score for the pilot episode of Canon, uh, making great use of his main theme. This cue is called Off to Mexico. That was the cue off to Mexico from John Parker's score for the pilot episode of Canon from 1971. Interestingly, John Parker would later get the assignment to write the theme for another long-running cult favorite 70s show, that being the pop-flavored show Chips about the California Highway Patrolmen Ponch and John. Now, I actually incidentally covered some of the music for Chips on my Alan Silvestri episode earlier this year. Um noting that it's Silvestri's arrangement of John Parker's theme that really became the most well-known, uh, starting in season two of Chips. 
Uh, now, Parker also scored several first season episodes of Chips, and I think the uh, funky grooves and rhythms that are heard here in canon sort of led the way to uh, his music for Chips. And then Sylvester kind of picked up the disco ball and ran with that from season two all the way to the end of, of Chips uh, in the early 80s. So to wrap up, uh, this really fun and engaging CD set uh, that I've been listening to a lot closes out its uh, second disc with a handful of themes only from a few more Quint Martin productions, uh, such as Caribe by Nelson Riddle and Tales of the Unexpected by David Shire. So I think that if you are a fan of any of these composers that uh, I've been talking about on this set and playing music from, uh, or the shows, or even just the funky 1970s-styled action scoring, um, you should really check out this album release uh, from La La Land Records. Uh, and again, it's called The Quinn Martin Collection, Volume 1, Cop and Detective Series, and it's a two-CD set of never-before-released music on disc uh, from these uh, classic TV shows with a lot of really classic music from great composers like Jerry Goldsmith, Lalo Schifrin, um, and Dave Grusin. So check that out from La La Land Records. Last up on this episode, I want to pay some attention to a science fiction slash action score from the 90s that recently received an expanded CD release from Forest Saraband Records. This would be Robocop 2, the 1990 sequel to the 1987 original, uh, directed by Irvin Kirshner, uh, who most fans know as the director of Empire Strikes Back uh, from 1980. Uh, the score for RoboCop 2 uh, was composed by Leonard Rosenman, an artist with a long history in the film and TV music industry, and whose brash, modernistic, and sometimes dissonant style is immediately recognizable across all of his scores. The score for the original RoboCop, uh, directed by famed Dutch auteur Paul Verhoeven, uh, was composed by Basil Polidurus, um, but interestingly enough, when the sequel was greenlit, there wasn't any attempt by the producers to retain Polidurus um, or even his themes um, in, the, in the music in order to maintain some sort of musical consistency. Um, I just don't think it was seen as an important element that needed to carry forward into the sequel since it was a new director with uh, Irvin Kirshner. Rosenman, uh, who was born in 1924 in Brooklyn and died in 2008, was initially a concert composer before entering the field of film music. The story goes that it was due to one of his uh, piano students, actually, a certain up-and-coming actor named James Dean, who lobbied to have Rosenman hired as composer on both Rebel Without a Cause and East of Eden uh, back in 1955. Uh, now, Leonard Rosenman's music uh, was often steeped in challenging, avant-garde, sort of 20th century uh, compositional techniques. Uh, it was a more modern approach to symphonic music than the traditional 19th century post-romantic uh, symphonic model that was most often followed in film music uh, by that time. For this reason, uh, his unique style became a perfect fit for science fiction and fantasy movies, um, such as 1966 Fantastic Voyage, uh, two installments of the original 1970s Planet of the Apes franchise, uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes and Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the 1978 animated Lord of the Rings uh, movie uh, from director Ralph Bakshi, and the fourth Star Trek sequel, uh, The Voyage Home, from 1987, uh, for which Rosenman was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Score. Now, Leonard Rosenman's music for RoboCop 2 bears many of the hallmarks of his personal style, with uh, syncopated rhythms, uh, these suspended chords that never really resolve at times, dissonant tone pyramids, uh, where these uh, sort of these really brash chords 
get uh, stacked against each other, um, and really choppy brass accents. Um, his main theme for RoboCop 2 actually can be broken down into three components, uh, according to the detailed, uh, really great liner notes in this newly expanded album release written by uh, Denise Cordell. Uh, all of which we'll actually hear in, in this first track from the album, the Robocop Overture. So it starts with, uh, it opens with this five-note percussive sort of opening salvo, which gets repeated twice. Then it moves into the six-note uh, main Robocop melody, um, which is voiced by brass and then expanded uh, on by strings. The third element of the Robocop 2 main theme is a three-note sort of tritone uh, which is heard in this cue voiced by four sopranos. You're going to hear them singing, uh, actually singing the word Robocop. <laughs> but the notes that they're singing, those, it's, a, it's that three-note motif uh, runs throughout the score. Um, it's not often uh, heard by the, uh, the sopranos, but it actually is heard a lot. Um, so here's a part of this track, which opens the expanded album as well as the original album called Overture, which is actually the end credits for Robocop 2. Um, as composed by Leonard Rosenman. So that was a portion of the Overture uh, from RoboCop 2 from 1990, as composed by Leonard Rosenman. Uh, so those four sopranos singing the word RoboCop is a pretty striking component um, to hear, and was certainly surprising to hear uh, back uh, in 1990 uh, when I got the album. Um, and it received some amusing criticisms from uh, some of the soundtrack fan community. Uh, Leonard Rosenman described that this particular aspect is meant to represent the humanity that's still lingering within the character of RoboCop, as these uh, soprano voices are heard elsewhere in the score, um, but only in wordless fashion um, after the overture. In fact, the score overall is such a stylistic shift from what Basil Polidurus had composed for the original, uh, that Rosenman's work uh, has kind of remained a pretty divisive topic among uh, film score fans. Uh, there are some who've just never really warmed up to Rosenman's sound and approach uh, of composition. So back to that main theme that we heard in the overture um, and those three components of the theme that, uh, that I mentioned, um, they receive some really energetic variations and several action cues uh, within the score. Uh, for example, in this cue that I'm going to play uh, called Robo and Kane Chase, uh, Kane being the uh, villain in the movie. In fact, film music journalist Royal S. Brown said in his review of this score for Fanfare Magazine back in the day that the, quote, 
intense syncopation and brass-laden Americana sounds keep reminding us somewhere in the back of our brains that RoboCop is nothing, after all, but the latest avatar of the cinematic cowboy. End quote. So when I read that, I thought it was very interesting. I hadn't really thought about that aspect of it, uh, of the score, sort of commenting on the character of RoboCop basically uh, being a, a cowboy character in sort of a modern-day Western. Um, but see if you can hear what Royal S. Brown uh, was hearing uh, when he was talking about that, that element of the American movie Western sound in this cue from RoboCop 2 called Robo and Kane Chase. That was part of the cue Robo and Kane Chase from uh, RoboCop 2, composed by Leonard Roseman. I'm talking here about the uh, expanded album edition uh, from Verez Saraband. So the original 1990 album for RoboCop 2, also from Verez Saraband, um, only included around 30 minutes of highlights from the full score, something which was fairly common at the time due to the financial restrictions encountered by a small label like Verez Saraband. Uh, when they were releasing um, a lot of film music on disc. Uh, happily, this new expanded edition more than doubles the running time, with the complete film score featured alongside a few bonus tracks, uh, such as the music Leonard Roseman wrote for some of the satirical fake commercials presented during the movie. Sort of an element that you'll see in all three of the RoboCop films are these uh, sort of fake commercial ads that play uh, usually before or after these news segments that you're watching uh, that take place within the universe of the movie, but also as a viewer, uh, as an audience member, you're actually viewing the new segments in these commercials. One example uh, is found right at the start of the movie and on track two of this new album release. Uh, it's called Logo and Magnavolt. As the cue comprises the music for the initial logos of the film production, followed by this sort of menacing jazz-tinged music for the fake commercial about a searing deterrent for potential car thieves. So here's a cue uh, called Logo and Magnavolt from RoboCop 2.
So that was the Q logo and Magnavolt from uh, this expanded edition of RoboCop 2. So something that I find interesting about Leonard Rosamond's often avant-garde style is that during the 1960s and 70s, he wasn't the only composer uh, showcasing this modern, sometimes abrasive, sometimes non-tonal symphonic sound and film. There were other examples uh, from composers such as Alex North and Jerry Goldsmith that utilized the same sort of musical idiom uh, as far as 20th century uh, concert compositional techniques. But this approach pretty much fell out of fashion uh, by the late 1970s and, and the 80s and beyond. So that by the time Rosenman was scoring RoboCop 2 in this style in 1990, it seemed a bit anachronistic. Uh, however, I've found that in being reintroduced to this score this year uh, by way of this new expanded edition from Veresayer Band, the uncompromising style of Rosenman comes across as a bit of fresh air to what we currently hear in movie music these days. I want to thank everyone for listening today to this installment of my now playing segment and i hope you found it uh, entertaining and engaging as i explored some new soundtrack album releases uh for both new and classic titles in this instance we were able to listen to new live concert performances of music by hans zimmer plus recordings of tv music from the 1970s never before released and an expanded edition of a score previously released in 1990 music in this episode is from the following albums the world of Hans Zimmer, a symphonic celebration, which is a two-disc set from SUNY Classical, from uh, of two live concerts held in October 2018 in Vienna. The Quinn Martin Collection, Volume One, from La La Land Records, uh, which is a two-disc set representing music from Quinn Martin Television Productions, uh, with music uh, by a variety of composers such as Jerry Goldsmith, Lalo Schifrin, Dave Grusin, and John Parker. Uh, also, RoboCop 2, the Deluxe Edition, uh, from Verez Saraband Records, uh, music composed and conducted by Leonard Rosenman. If you'd like to send any comments or questions, you can email the show at podcast at gmail.com, find the blog at escortasettle.blogspot.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash escortasettle, and on Twitter at Score2SettlePod, that's Score the number 2, Settle Pod. If you listen to the show by way of iTunes, feel free to leave a rating and a review. That's always appreciated. And you can also find the show on Spotify. Thanks again for listening. 